If you would remain standing, take your copies of God's Word and turn with me to John chapter 13. John 13, we'll begin our reading at verse 18 and read tonight through verse 30. You know the Word of God, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is God speaking to us, so let us pay close attention. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the Scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am He. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in His spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you, will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday evening, we looked at the first 17 verses of John 13, and we saw our Lord in an act of humility. He washed the disciples' feet. In that act of humility, we saw the love that Christ has for His people. How He loves them to the very end. The humility that Christ undertook for His people as He stripped away His garments and He he stooped down and He washed the feet of His disciples. We saw the spiritual import of this act of humility and also the the practical application of it. And tonight we hear of betrayal. We see the first act of the betrayal of Christ by Judas. Now we live in a a world of betrayal. In a fallen world, people are betrayed all the time. Betrayal is the act of being disloyal, unfaithful, or deceitful and the betrayal of Judas against our Lord is the ultimate betrayal. 
Now what led Judas to betray the Lord? How could one who had been with Jesus, who saw the miracles that Jesus performed, who saw the miracle of the raising of Lazarus back in John chapter 11, who heard his preaching and teaching betray him ultimately for 30 pieces of silver and with a kiss. But as we see tonight, that betrayal that will happen later, it did not take Jesus by surprise. It did not catch him off guard. We see tonight he knew well who would betray him and hand him over so that he might complete redemption for us. And so there are four things I want us to see tonight concerning the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. And the first is this, that Judas's betrayal of Jesus was a fulfillment of Scripture. In verse 18, Jesus says this, I, I, I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the Scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Now what scripture is Jesus speaking of in the Old Testament? He's speaking of Psalm 41 in verse 9. There we read this. Even my close friend whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. That psalm, Psalm 41, is a psalm of David. It was penned when David was betrayed. He was betrayed by Ahithophel. It was during that same time where David was betrayed by Ahithophel because of his betrayal of Uriah the Hittite. In 2 Samuel 15 and verse 31, we hear these words. The result of Absalom's treason against his father as a result of David's betrayal of Uriah the Hittite, the husband of Bathsheba. And so just like one who ate bread with David, so now one who eats bread with the Lord will betray him. The eating of bread together points to what? It points to fellowship and friendship. When we break bread with someone, we see that it means we have fellowship with them, that we are friends with them. And here is one of Jesus' earthly friends. One that was close to him. And, and notice, Jesus chose Judas to be an earthly disciple. He, he knew whom he chose. But he was not a true disciple. Back in John chapter 6 and verse 70, Jesus answering them, the disciples, said this, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? And so yes, Judas was chosen to follow Jesus, and he did so in our Lord's earthly ministry. Three years he walked with the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet he was not chosen for salvation. Now notice why Jesus tells them this. He's telling them this at that moment in time. Before it happens, it will happen later in John's Gospel so that when it did happen, they, they would believe. 
That they would believe that Jesus is the I am. I am He. That He is God. That He is the Messiah. He, he told them these things so that they, their faith would not be uh, discouraged. So that they, they would be faithful to the Lord. Now we know that immediately after this, once Jesus was arrested and after that betrayal with a kiss by, by Judas, that, that many of them ran away and they hid. The only one at the cross was the disciple whom Jesus loved, the same one that is mentioned here tonight, who penned this gospel. And so Jesus knew the hearts of his disciples. He knew that this would cause them great worry. And so he responds in verse 20, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Now we hear that, and we might ask, what does that have to do with what Jesus is telling them? What does that have to do with the fact that he's telling them that, that, that one of them is going to betray him, that one who eats the bread that very night will lift up his heel against him? Uh, Arthur Pink said this, At first sight, there appears to be no connection between this verse and the ones preceding. Yet a little thought will soon discover the link between them. The Lord has been exhorting His disciples to follow the example which He had given, assuring them that they would be happy if they did so. Then He announced the apostasy of Judas. Now He informs them that their vocation was by no means affected by the defection of the betrayer. You see, they're going to be sent out. They're going to be sent out in the name of Jesus. And he wants them to know that, that whoever receives them, when they are sent out with the gospel of Christ, whoever receives one of them receives Christ. And whoever receives Christ receives the one whom he sends. It is for their encouragement. No doubt many would remember these words after the resurrection of Jesus, especially after His ascension as we see in the book of Acts, them going out and, and then taking the gospel to, to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. They, they would be reminded of these words that Jesus said. And so it was an encouragement to them. Yes, one would betray the Lord, but He assures the rest of them uh, of their authority to go and do what? To preach and teach the gospel. But before that, there must be the arrest, the trial, and the execution, the crucifixion of Jesus. And then second of all, we see tonight, Judas' betrayal of Jesus was a part of his humility. We, we heard of that last week, his humility and stooping down and washing the the disciples' feet. This is the humility of our Lord in death. Listen to what we hear from our larger catechism, number 49. Christ humbled himself in death, and that having been betrayed by Judas, forsaken by his disciples, scorned and rejected by the world, condemned by Pilate, and tormented by his persecutors, having also conflicted with the terrors of death and the powers of darkness, felt and borne the weight of God's wrath, he laid down his life and offering for sin, enduring the painful, shameful, and cursed death on the cross. 
And what was being betrayed by Judas, why was it an especially grievous humiliation for our Savior? Well, Judas was not a stranger to Jesus. He was a friend. He, He was one who had been admitted to the special privileges and friendship with the Lord in the circle of the twelve disciples. Judas was considered a friend. When all the other disciples looked at him, they would have said, here's a friend of Jesus. Here's one of the disciples, a close confidant of Christ. But notice in verse 21, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. And testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Now this being troubled in spirit by our Lord reveals again to us that Jesus was truly and fully man. He was being betrayed by one of his own and, and, and it, it hurt him. It troubled him. And this was a detestable treachery by Judas. Now Jesus knew what he would do. He announces as such here in verse 21, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Uh, but as that night was now upon him, his soul was in anguish and and turmoil, the closer that Jesus came to the cross, the more the guilt of our sin was placed upon Him, almost becoming unbearable for our Lord. Then there's a third thing that we see tonight, and it is this, that Judas' betrayal of Jesus is a warning. Again, we... We are constantly reminded how Judas is a warning for the church. Now notice the disciples' reaction in verses 22 through 29. They started looking at one another. They didn't know who who Jesus was talking about. They probably looked at each other with a little bit of suspicion. Is it you? Is it you? We notice John, who wrote this gospel, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table with him. And and Simon Peter kind of nudged him and said, Ask him. He motioned to John and to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So John, that disciple that Jesus loved, he says, Lord, who is it? Maybe John thought it was him. Maybe Peter thought, is it I? And, and Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. And so Jesus dipped that bread and he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And Judas took that morsel. And as he took that morsel, notice what happened. Satan entered into him. The enemy of our Lord, our enemy as well, entered into this disciple of Jesus to lead him to do exactly what needed to be done in, in, the, in the redemption of God's people. You see, Jesus had to be betrayed. And notice here, it is God who is doing what? Using Satan. God is using the evil one to accomplish, accomplish his purpose. And so Jesus tells him, what you're going to do, do quickly. As they, as Jesus said that, the rest at the table 
heard him and they still didn't understand. Jesus plainly told John who, who, what was going to happen. The one that he dipped the bread and gave it to. And there was Judas and he gave it to Judas. But they, they, they still did not see it. And they thought, well, what Jesus must have said quietly to Judas, he must have been telling them Judas to go and to buy something for the feast. Or to go and, and give something to the poor. And so how, how is Judas a warning for the church? Because as we think of, of Judas, we, we can think of him as being a part of the church. He, he was a part of the inner circle of, of, of Jesus and his disciples. And, and, and he was there and, and no doubt he, he gave worship to, to the Lord Jesus as he saw him as, as God and as, as man. And that reminds us that there are some who are part of the church, but who still belong to Satan. Now we do all that we can as elders to try and keep that at a minimum, but we do not know the hearts of, of men. Those of you who are now community members, how, how did you become a community member? You came before the elders and you gave a profession of faith. And you may have said all the right words and, and we can't see within your heart, so we, we make a decision by what we hear. And hopefully, hopefully that confession you have made is a true confession. That you did not just say it with your lips, but that you believe it in your hearts. And so it's a warning that there are those who are part of the church, but have no part in Christ. It is a warning because here again is Judas, a disciple of the Lord. And it is a warning for the church because it means even in leadership within the church, there may be some who do not have true faith in Jesus. There may even be an elder who serves the church but does not have true faith in Christ. And so Judas is a warning because it reminds us that there may be some within the walls of the church that may be able to fool everyone, but in the end they will not fool Christ. Jesus knew. He knew exactly who would betray Him. And He gave Judas, that piece of bread, he says, go and do what you're going to do. Just do it quickly. And then finally tonight, we see that Judas's betrayal of Jesus reveals the heart of Judas. Look at verse 30. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out and it was night. Do not miss that last sentence. It was night. What does that mean? It was dark very appropriate for the one who is going to betray the Lord to go out in darkness to do that deed. For his heart was dark. That darkness was a picture of Judas's heart which was still in darkness, never illuminated by God through regeneration. And Judas had been passed over by God. Yes, he was a disciple of Jesus. And what a wonderful honor that was, but he was not a child of God. He did not have true faith in the Lord. He was passed over. He was left in his sins. He did what was natural for him to do as an unconverted man. And we know why he does it. He's a lover of money, isn't he? 30 pieces of silver will be the price to betray Jesus. 
We know that he was a lover of money because he also pilfered the money box. He stole. He was a thief. And it was his love for money which enabled him to betray Jesus so easily. Judas had an idol that he would not get rid of, and that was money. That idol gripped his heart. His God was money, and therefore he would betray Jesus for his God. Again, if we have any idol, it becomes our God, and we worship it. For Judas, it was the worship of money. That was his God, not Christ. And so how can we apply this here tonight? Well, again, we must heed the warning that is before us. Judas is that warning this evening. What can we do with that? Well, we need to ask the Lord to search our hearts. To reveal whether or not our heart truly belongs to God or to Satan. And that's the only two that it can belong to. Either it belongs to Satan as we're still in our sin in unbelief and in bondage, or are we have been set free by the, the grace and the power and the mercy of God. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I truly in Christ? What, what are my idols? What are your idols tonight? Calvin tells us that their hearts, they, they, they create idols on a regular basis, a, a perpetual factory of creating idols. Even we as Christians can create an idol in our heart. We, we know that we can do that and we can worship it. It might not be a statue that we bow down to, but it may be something else. And so as God reveals to you tonight, if there are idols in your heart, what are you to do? You're to take them out and you're to throw them away. You're to put them in the trash. That's where they belong. And you're to come and follow Jesus fully with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. That's what it means to be a true disciple of our Lord. Second, we are, again are reminded that Jesus was humiliated in Judas's betrayal. Now many times when we think of humiliation, it means embarrassment to us. We're embarrassed that something's happened. We're humiliated because something may have happened to us. But this humiliation is the, the, the humiliation of Jesus in death. Again, all of his life was one of humiliation. He left the glories of heaven and he humbled himself to come to this sin-filled world. He lived in this sin-filled world. He is tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. He went to the cross and he died a humiliating death. He was stripped of his clothes and he was beaten. And, and everything that could be put upon him physically happened at the cross. But that humiliation was throughout his life. And especially in this final night of our Lord with his disciples, it was beginning to come upon him in a way that he had never experienced. We hear tonight that the soul of Jesus was troubled. It was in anguish. Why? Because Jesus had sinned? No, not at all. He had none. But because of the guilt of our sins. Even at this time, 
the, the guilt of our sins, they are beginning to be placed upon Him. We'll see it even greater later this very night when He prays to God the Father that, that the cup would be taken away from that cup of wrath, that cup that Jesus had to drink for His people. But even in that, He resigned to His Father's will. Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. And Jesus did this so that what? So that we'd be set free. So that we would have life. So that we might be set free from our darkness. The same darkness that Judas was in, but never set free from. The same bondage to sin that Judas was in bondage to sin, but never set free from. And so we are reminded to be set free from that bondage. We are to come to Christ. He's the only way. Light can only be found in Jesus. And so finally, have you been set free? From that darkness of sin, from that darkness of unbelief, from that darkness of the unregenerate heart. Well, how do you know? How do you know if you've been set free? Well, you could say, well, I have said I believe in Jesus, but we know tonight that may not be enough. It is good to say you believe in Jesus, and hopefully as you say that, you truly do believe in Jesus. But are you changed? Are you different? You see, Judas never changed. He, 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 he fooled everyone, but he did not fool Jesus. He fooled all the other disciples, Peter and John and Andrew and Matthew, all the other disciples they looked at Judas and they said in their mind, there is a true disciple of Jesus. But his heart had never been changed. Because of that, he would never come to true saving faith in Jesus. You see, the good news tonight is whenever the Word of God is proclaimed, that that offer, the free offer of the gospel is also proclaimed. And what is that free offer of the gospel? Come to Jesus in faith as you turn from your sin and find salvation in Jesus. You might ask yourself, why? Why do I need to come to Jesus? Because without Him, you are in bondage. Without Him, you are under the wrath of God. The same wrath that Judas was under at this moment in time that he was under when he would go and betray the Lord and with that kiss for that money that he was under eventually when he went and he, he killed himself. The same wrath that his spirit is under today in hell. But if you come to Jesus who was betrayed and put to death, to save those who would betray Him. Now we might say in our hearts, well, I never would have done what Judas did. Well, if left to our own devices, if God passed over us and left us in our unbelief, we would have done exactly what Judas did. But we can thank God tonight that He has brought us out, that He has freed us in Jesus. And that through the betrayal of Judas, of our Lord, and what would happen after and transpires, and we'll see this throughout the, the rest of John's gospel that night, Judas is gone, 
And now from this moment on, Jesus will now focus on those 11 that are left to prepare them for what is coming. That which was coming was His death. His death to save sinners. And so come this evening and know of that glorious Savior. Know of the Lord Jesus Christ who went to the cross and died for the sins of all who had come to Him in faith. And so have you come to Jesus in faith as you have turned from your sin? If not, do so tonight and receive Jesus in faith. And as you do so, you'll be set free by the grace, the mercy, and the power of God. And the darkness of your heart, which is night, is turned into the light of day by God's grace. And God add His blessing to the reading, hearing, and preaching of His Word. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we thank You this evening for Your Word. And oh God, may we hear, may we heed the warning of Judas, may none of us here tonight be like Judas. Lord, help us to know whether or not we truly are in Christ. And if we are, Lord, help us to be more obedient because there are times we are not. And Lord, help us by your Holy Spirit to faithfully follow Jesus all of our days. And oh God, if there are any here tonight at this moment in time they are not true followers of Jesus. Make them into such this evening. Lord, show them their sin and their need of Jesus, but don't leave them there. Bring them out by your grace and mercy. Bring them to Christ by your Spirit. And may their darkness be turned into light. The light of salvation that is found only in Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.